listening to a podcast from Light FM. It's the Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. Good morning. And on Monday, Motivators today, we're speaking to Dr. Wu Yinling, Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at University Malaya and winner of the prestigious Rachel Perline Award. Dr. Wu, what did winning the prestigious Rachel Perline Award mean for you on a personal level with your work in terms of what you wanted to achieve? The award came as a surprise. I, I think working in Malaysia, we base a lot of our care and what we do in the international stage, we don't think much of it. But what it has brought home is that we can do a lot and what we innovate or how we reach our people in a personal manner does make a difference and it confirms that the effort the team has put in Mm. how we develop solutions for our local women does make a difference and the the award was special because very often we we look at awards given in the global setting we say oh there are innovations in the developed countries or or in Africa I often consider Malaysia like a middle child we we don't we, we don't get much recognition, but this really has is very meaningful both to me, to the people around me, and to the patients who have contributed so much to helping us create solutions. When you found out, you said it was a surprise. I want to take it down to a deeper personal level. When you found out, can you just tell us a little bit about what that actually felt like to you as the human being behind all of the work? I think this very much hinges on who Rachel Perline is. She was a young, you know, committed, energetic person and she was struck with cancer at a very young age. And that didn't stop her from continuing her efforts in making a difference. Mm-hmm. And in her own life, her mother died of cancer when she was young. Mm-hmm. So her story very much touched me to be able to win an award that carries her name meant a lot. My own mom had cancer and every day when I look after patients, you know, the moment you give that diagnosis, it really changes the individual Mm. and the family within minutes, within that point, at that moment. And so if the work that we can do can prevent families from having that diagnosis of cancer in women, that really, really, really is important work. You know, as as a clinician, as a cancer doctor, I see it as a privilege. We don't often change the cause of disease, but we walk alongside them and provide that respect, that care, that trust, that relationship with patients. And that is something that I have valued a lot throughout my career. It's so wonderful hearing this from you because I, I can imagine having you as my doctor. And, and, right. and already I'm like, if I'm ever in trouble, you know, after hearing that, that's who I, I come find you. <laughs> I mean, we, we focus a lot on drugs. We teach medical students, we teach specialists how to diagnose disease. We talk about technology and medicines. But really at the heart of medicine, I still believe it's, it's a personal relationship. When you first set out on this path, what has this journey been like for you to reach to this point? I I think for me, it's such an amazing experience. Just personally, over the years, I've seen the generosity of people coming together to help create solutions. 
you know, medical doctors are not trained to work on legal aspects, on banking, on telco technologies, on, you know, finance yeah. and not everything. And you see Malaysians coming together, not just Malaysians, even in the international realm. People come and they give of their time and expertise very, very sacrificially. And to me, that's the most amazing journey in the last few years. And patients coming, you know, patients in their suffering, they say, oh, this has been so good. And they contribute their ideas as well. And what is very central to the development of um, not just program rules, but whatever we do, is to get the patient involvement and their perspective. We as doctors will never ever understand that in full. Getting their opinion is extremely important. Well, you've just mentioned the ROSE program or program ROSE. Can you tell us about it and and what your hopes are in terms of what you'd like it to be able to achieve here in Malaysia? So for those who don't know about program ROSE, ROSE is actually an acronym for removing obstacles to cervical screening. As a doctor in Malaysia, I saw lots of cases of advanced cervical cancer. It also came at a time where we had all the solutions to prevent and now we're talking about elimination of cervical cancer. In the whole human history of mankind, we're now talking about a cancer that can be eliminated in your lifetime and my lifetime. That's incredible. We need to stop and, and sort of take in, you know, what that means. You can eliminate a cancer. Yeah. So we, we have vaccines that work. We have new screening technology. And so for me, the idea was coming up with a solution to see how women will be more prepared to have their screening test and how we can do that in community so that women don't have to come into a healthcare facility. So in many aspects of healthcare, we can actually decentralize it from the hospitals. And that later on with COVID, that became more urgent. Let the urgent and ill patients come to hospitals and screening and follow-up to be done in community in a way that they are supported by healthcare professionals. That's going to be the future of healthcare. The success of program roles won't just mean cervical cancer screening. It will also mean that we can actually test it out on other diseases. So there's a lot of potential in the success of program roles and beyond. Working in this field, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you on a personal level? I think many hurdles are created by humans ourselves, you know. Um, (laughs) We are our own worst enemy, that's for sure. So, So when you talk about rolling out new things initially, you know, the paperwork, you know, how you have to use resources in a way that's efficient, that doesn't have to go through too many bureaucratic channels, paperwork, waiting for people to come back from annual leave to to sign approvals. A lot of uh, processes can be eliminated the when we want to... bureaucracy of it. Correct. When we want to implement new, new ideas and innovation, of course, accountability is important and communication as well. So when we talk about medical advances, 
services or you want to bring in a new medical idea. The way you communicate with financials, media, public, doctors, policy makers, you have to use differences in language and how you communicate. It's very right. subtle. Right. You know, they say don't use medical jargon. Certain <laughs> times, certain times you, most of the time you don't. And doctors and scientists are very prone to um, throwing out data. You know, this has 95% efficacy. Sorry, what, what does that mean to me if yeah, I'm going to find yeah. a program? Yeah. Or if I want to take this out, I, I want to know it's safe. I want to know that, you know, in my lifetime, if I do this, mm. it will protect me. So these languages of communication, um, storytelling, I, I've learned it along the way. It's, it doesn't come naturally, but it, it's something that I'm still learning how to do this. Based on all the, the work that you've done and, and the, the learning that you've made along the way as well, it's such a demanding role and position that you're in right now uh, with the work that you're doing. How do you then find for yourself that time to be able to also give you the the balance of you time for you to, you know, get some time for yourself that's away from work? Or is that even a possibility for you at this point in your in your career and work? You know, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. So even when I'm in the community, talking to women and, you know, traveling to the different parts of Malaysia, which I've never done before. In my normal work and everyday work, I wouldn't go to Sandakan or I wouldn't go to various parts of Sabah and Sarawak. And it's given me a richer understanding of what our country is like. We've always read and said that we are one Malaysia, but Borneo is different. And I've seen that with my own eyes. And therefore, we need to innovate things and we need to personalized care quite differently for Sabah and Sarawak and the opportunities it's like a little chuti chuti Malaysia (laughs) when you do tours and you want to see a place you want to know the people you want to see where they live and eat Program Rose has given me lots of opportunities to do that and so that's my little time off and I like to do a little bit of exercise which also gives me time to think about how to do things differently. It's I, interesting. It sounds like you found a way to find that time for that personal time for yourself within the work that you do. It's like you have these little pockets of you time that you appreciate so much while you're doing the the bigger work that's helping millions of people. But you found the time for the for the you that one person as well to concentrate on during this, this one journey. That's amazing. Yeah. You make it sound so lovely because you're such a positive, joyful person. But it must be difficult. Your breadth of work is massive. There must be times where you feel like you're dragging the world around on your shoulders. So how do you stay motivated? What motivates you? I'm very grounded in my everyday clinical work. I mean, people ask me, what do you do? Do you teach? Do you run (laughs) clinics? Do you operate? Do you do research? Do you work full time in a charity? And it's a little bit of everything. I I do all that. And what really keeps me grounded is the ability to connect with 
people. That, whether it's my own family or it's the everyday people I work with, even my colleagues, we sit down, we chat, or with patients, you know, you need to quicken up your consult because there are people with <laughs> I, I call them my little aunties when they come in and they, they, uh, they've waited so long and they want to have a little chat with you and they've, mm-hmm. they've knitted something. Of, I want to talk to them. I, I want to know whether their son has gotten married and that keeps me grounded. I, I've got lovely colleagues, lovely patients. I think people around me are generally very, very supportive. All right, broad question here. What are you hoping to achieve or what would you love to see happen in your lifetime? I actually genuinely believe Malaysia is in a position really to eliminate new cases of cervical cancer in my lifetime and your lifetime. We are talking about two screens with a swab potentially in a woman's lifetime. And we're talking about vaccinating young people, which is already ongoing since 2010 against human papilloma virus. Malaysia is well set to do this, but we just need a bit of catch up. We've lost a bit of time with COVID. We are on track. We can do it. And so I want to encourage all partners to just stop and think, what do I need to do to get back on track in eliminating a cancer that affects women, the second most common cancer in women under 45 in Malaysia. Any last words towards sort of your mission in in terms of next box to tick off, next thing to see happen? I would really like beyond cancers. I think we are, Malaysia is at a point now where we do need to really stop and think how we can change the landscape of healthcare. The divide between the haves and the have-nots are increasing. Mm. Private hospitals are cropping up. Public hospitals are getting stretched. Doctors are leaving from the public sector to the private sector. I hope that we can bridge that, we can bring in equity again and to ensure that health Healthcare, good health, will be available to all Malaysians who need it at the point where they need it. It's not that we are poor or we don't have the resources. We just need to look at sharing those resources more equitably. I really hope that we will be able to do that in the next few years. We hope for the exact same thing for the sake of all the people you could ultimately help. We want that exact same thing. And while we appreciate you so much for joining us here, Dr. Wu, and of course sharing your mission and your journey and how you're helping you're literally helping millions and millions of people you've been listening to a light fm podcast on shock that's s-y-o-k